Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Hey, everybody. This is Paradox, and I'm Josh. And I'm Jimmy. Yeah, I, I tried to screw that intro up, and I said it right. And that's how bad you got it. You got it so bad, it ended up being correct. I hope everyone's having a, a happy pandemic. Everyone's is good. You know, the more people that get sick and die, you can't say that. This is going you can't joke about it anymore? Correct. Um, I don't know if we're at that point. Sort of like the Vietnam War, you know, it's just not funny. Yep. Yep, it's like joking about the Holocaust. There we go. <laughs> we had a my civics teacher, Miss Wagley, when Mash the TV show came out, and everyone was just like, I was just laughing, laughing, laughing because Mash was so funny. There was nothing, nothing funny about funny. the Korean War. So yes, but right now I'm going to risk uh, making pandemic jokes, and this is releasing in a couple weeks. Oh, which is supposed to be okay. Forget that. I hope everyone's hunkered down. I hope you you're, you actually have an IV with Clorox going in your veins it's to another kill joke. Another joke. the pathogens. We're going to be talking this week. Uh, we're sort of piggybacking on the episode a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the COVID couple and how being confined, how that can, you know, exacerbate some issues. And so... We're going to be talking about how to accept your spouse's flaws. However, Joshua Michael, please explain, because we got flaws and we got flaws. I like to use terms Am like it's an annoyance or a deal breaker. Yeah, that'd be because we need to define when we're talking about flaws, let's define what we're talking about. I give a talk to uh, couples at church where I... Talk through spouse's flaws. Mm -hmm. We are all sinful. Amen. We ourselves are, and our spouses are, Amen. and we have fallen sinful perspectives. Amen. So even if your spouse was perfect, since your perspective of them is flawed, there would still be grievances in marriage. And so it's this big, messy, sinful thing. Yeah. Where they're sinning and we're interpreting sinfully. And yet it's beautiful. And yet there's, you should never do it. Never do it. <laughs> and yet there is beauty. But yeah. I think it's helpful to distinguish this conversation of spouse flaws in three different ways. Mm -hmm. Bring it. The first and thing that we probably run into the most are just spousal preferences. This is leaving shoes in the middle of the living room. Mm -hmm. This is leaving a toilet seat up. This is potentially eating over the counter without a plate. These are all the things that Katie yells at you about. <laughs> <laughs> You're just working those down in your head. Yep. So and, and as a really good example, uh, normally she's like, uh, ha, ha, this is so Josh. But actually this week she was like, can you clean up after yourself? <laughs> For the love of all that's holy. <laughs> so it's like, it got more serious <laughs> during COVID. But 
Anyway, so preferences and how kind of generally they're defined as things that like minimally, so like seconds, impact your life. So it takes me literally a second and a half to maybe move shoes Mm -hmm. to the side of the room, Mm -hmm. out of the middle. Leaving lights on in the house when you're not in the room, it takes you seconds to turn off the light switch. And so preferences are things that your spouse does, potential quote-unquote flaws, that impact you very, very small, in a very, very small degree, two or three seconds. My word would be annoyance. Yeah. Same deal. Next thing I would say is there are actual infractions, things that your spouse is doing that impact your life a whole heck of a lot more than just one to two to three seconds. This would be if uh, they ever, let's say, had an argument with your parents, their in-laws, and they then refused to talk to them ever again. So it's that third area, the actual kind of major infractions, as you call deal breakers, that we have scriptural ramifications, or justifications rather, for actual therapeutic separations and divorce, but really all other things, it's a process of learning how to get over it, and that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, and and when you look back, and again, we we touched on this last year or whatever, but you know, uh, John Gottman, who's the guru of marriage therapy in America, you know, he said that 70% of all marital conflict is unresolvable. And that's kind of what we're talking about, your your difference in preferences. You know, why would I call annoyance? 70% of the conflict that we get into as a couple is not going to be resolved. Therefore, if, if, if 70% of our conflicts fall into that preference difference in preferences or what I would call you know annoyances they don't if 70% are not deal breakers then we've got to in some capacity learn to live with unresolved conflict yep. now again I think we talked about this last year but we thought it was very much worth repeating since we're all chained together inside Stuck. a closet and that sort of of confinement and pressure and the anxiety of the, can just exacerbate all of this. So, so we're, we're today we're talking about what do we do about these irritants, these these differences in preferences that are now becoming exacerbated. Much, to your point, much more obvious. Katie, don't eat over the yeah. counter. No, clean up after yourself. <laughs> the first thing I think is is again your point. Define what we're talking about. If I'm if I'm angry at you because you didn't turn off a light in the closet, that's not a deal breaker. And so I've got to be able to 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 say to myself, you know, whoa, you know, why am I responding like this to that? I know it's an irritant. Being able in our head to define what it is am I what am I mad at? Is it is it a, a difference in preferences? Is it a small infraction or is it a is it a deal breaker? And gauge our emotional response accordingly. Well, and again, scripturally speaking, there really only two percent are deal breakers. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very few things are deal breakers. Now, what we do is we concoct a scenario in our brain that if you don't stop eating over the counter and cleaning up after yourself, that equals you devaluing me, you not loving me, you yeah. being selfish and narcissistic. And where is the number to my attorney? So we'll, our brains will try to justify our 
intense emotional response Deal breakers. by creating this scenario that's fantasy, uh, that is not true, but it justifies my response. Therefore, I got to go with it. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. The second thing is, and this is really good, this is good for all of us to understand, is that is there is a Holy Spirit, and what? We are not Him. Therefore, it is not my job to change my spouse. It is not your job to change your spouse. What if um, he or she is not a believer and is not in working to be in tune with the Holy Spirit? I would then say again, it's still not your job no. to change your spouse. No. In fact, that is scripturally, it is you are to be quiet in front of that unbelieving spouse and live such a godly life that it points them to Jesus. Now that right there is hard to do. Oh, no. I've done it with Beth for years. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's not a biggie. So understanding that, understand when you get all this righteous indignation, yeah, there's a Holy Spirit and it's not me and it, this is not my job. Number three, and this is another great, great thing. How do, how do we accept our spouse's flaws? Is we get the log out of our own eye before we start getting the splinter out of theirs. So realizing anytime we wag a finger, that is a bad thing. Because we're setting ourselves up as being this sinless person who can point out what you're doing wrong and tell you how bad it is and how hypocritical is that really? Because to do that, we're, what are we doing? Are we, are we just ignoring all of our faults, all the things that we're doing that's irritating? Most of the time, yes. Yes. So... We get the log out of our own eye before we start looking at the Just splinter. remember, when you point a finger, you got... How many? Three, three? pointing back, back at, at you. me. That's a famous Keith Green. It is? Oh, you just like, you just like quoting Keith Green, don't you? <laughs> Admit it. The next one is, 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 is we're back to, to Sue Johnson and, and, and emotionally focused couples therapy. The, 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 the content of the conflict is not what the really is about the conflict. The conflict is never about the content. So if I get really upset because my spouse doesn't pick up after himself, that's not why I'm so angry. It's because, and we touched on a second ago, it's because those socks being left, that touches a raw spot yep. is what she calls them. It touches a raw spot, and that raw spot is in some capacity connected to my childhood. And, of course, that takes a whole lot of digging to find out where that came from. But just understand that your response is well, not I really your spouse's fault as much as it's something going on inside of you. To be more clear... I was very clear. You were with childhood, yes. But that's that can be like people can roll their eyes at that. Like, oh, we all have daddy issues, okay. There's not one person that rolled their eyes. <laughs> but like to specifically their attachment, mm -hmm. which is what goes right to childhood and everything, but it's some sort of core attachment uh, insecurity. Mm -hmm. Am I lovable? Am I adequate? These things yes. that it touches on. Yes. So not just broadly speaking your childhood, although it has yes, to do with your childhood. Absolutely. So there's, which is why, we, we, you know, we always said, and have said forever, you know, we always say, you know, ugh, she makes me so mad. Nobody makes you mad. No one makes 
you mad? But we say that enough to where we go, okay, I'm mad and I may be yelling and I may be use profanity and I may be, you know, whatever, but I'm blaming my behavior on someone else because they made me. It is a way of shirking our responsibility for our own behavior and our own choices. So first off, we got to understand why, why did I respond as, as egregiously as I did? It's not because of what your spouse did, because you could line up a hundred other spouses and their uh, other people and their spouses did the exact same thing, and they don't respond like you're responding. So what your spouse did is not causing your reaction. Also, honestly, honestly ask yourself, should I be forcing my spouse to see things the way I see things, to think the way I think, to value what I value, is that really what you're saying? Is that you can't live unless your spouse views things exactly like you do and accepts your point of view on everything. And that can't be what we're saying. No, but wouldn't that be easier? Oh, my Lord. It would be so <laughs> great. It would be so great. The Willy Wonka's Golden Ticket. This is the, this is the litmus test. Can you agree to disagree? If you have an irritant, if you have this difference of preferences and you talk about it and you get some pushback that, no, your spouse simply sees it another way, can you agree to disagree or does that make your head explode? Because if your head explodes, that's not your spouse's problem. That's your problem. If we're talking about an issue that is an irritant, not a deal breaker, but an irritant something that is just, you know, use your verbiage, you know, a difference of preference, then you have to be able to agree to disagree and move on. And do you want chicken or pork tenderloin for dinner? Pork tenderloin. Yes. Every day. But let me put a little in parentheses to this one. Okay. I think that unemotional males, and uh, I'm not going to say whether I've been guilty of this mm-hmm. over the years, mm-hmm. but can just... Um, not participate in marital conversations by just saying agree to disagree. Yes, use yes, and it can be used it's as a, a weapon. Yes, it's so, a get out of jail free card. Yes, no, that's not at all what we're saying. Yes, conversations have to take place. Yes, you know, getting a mentor couple involved or a pastor Hearing involved other, yes. and trying to work through all that has to take place, but potentially eventually, yes, because you have to validate the other person that the other person's point of view is valid. It may not be your point of view, but their point of view is valid. Just because you may be the loudest person in the relationship doesn't make you right. So hearing each other's points of view, trying to understand, using empathy to understand where they're coming from. And I'm telling you, a lot of times you're going to go, oh, mm, mm, okay, now that the adrenaline's subsided a little bit, you got a point. Okay, I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. You're right. That's hopefully how a ton of things, uh, you know, kind of get resolved and move on. But when you just get stuck and you see it differently, you've got to be able to agree to disagree. And then for us to be able to real quickly, how does our Heavenly Father accept our flaws? How is it that he's able to pull it off? Because that's how he's asking us to pull it off. He's asking us to forgive when the other person doesn't deserve to be 
forgiven. He's told us that we've been given the ministry of reconciliation, and that's more than just a lost world back to himself. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We are, we are to be, and you know this to be true, when you, when you have marital conflict, it's the, it's the one who has, who has the strongest walk with God that initiates reconciliation, because they're the first one to go, okay, this isn't right. This is selfish on my part. We need to see about reconciling. And so you need to be that person. And as a believer, we go back to the, the parable of the unmerciful servant. You know, we ask Jesus to forgive us a million bucks on the cross, and we take that every day in a heartbeat, and then someone turns around, owes us $10, and we strangle them and throw them into prison. And, and no other time does the Heavenly Father call his servant, his child, wicked. It is wicked for us to take the love and forgiveness of Jesus on the cross and then turn around and just snap someone's neck for upsetting us and that we don't return the forgiveness. And I realize that that's pie in the sky, and I realize that is technically how we're supposed to handle things, and doing it is a different story, but that's but just what we got to shoot for. difficult doesn't mean we don't shoot for it. Yeah. It means that we need Jesus in it. You mentioned forgiveness, and I think with this talk, as well as in my own marriage, with that idea of forgiveness, there has to be confession. Mm-hmm. You know, there's scripture upon scripture upon scripture out there about confessing. Not, I mean, specifically your sins and to other believers, but maritally speaking, it's it's huge. Um, and I would encourage you when discussing each other's flaws maritally, that there's not a conversation that goes by that you're not both confessing and attempting yes. to forgive each other. Yes. Because even if I do something that started the argument, Katie and her sinful perspective and how she's sinfully interpreting, she didn't handle it like Jesus would have. Mm-hmm. I need to be confessing, and she needs to be forgiving me for whatever I did to perpetrate the or cause the issue, and she needs to be confessing yes. her negative reaction. And I, we both need yes. to be attempting to forgive each other. Absolutely. And that's really the plank and spec conversation. If we're both mm-hmm. confessing fault in this fault conversation, I think it can really smooth things and over. And do you want to just drain anger out of a quote-unquote argument? Both of you confess wrong. That'll do it. Every time. It's when one of them sits back on their haunches and, no, 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 you're 100% wrong and I am 100% right. Mm, no. Okay, lastly, and again, this is something that's that's overarching, but you have to be more grateful for your spouse's good than you are irritated with your spouse's bad. That was Keith Green, right? Yeah, that was Keith. No, James Dobson. Mm, Dobson. Every time you're just mulling over and ruminating in your head about this despicable human being that you're locked in this house with, I wish they would get the COVID. Instead of, (laughs) (laughs) hey, honey, go outside and, you know, lick a car handle. Instead of focusing on being so irritated with what's wrong with them, how about before your Heavenly Father express every day your gratitude for the good that they possess, for the good that they are, for the good that they do. Because the truth is, you know, unless you just, you know, married Charles Manson or something, you you married a pretty good person. And there's much more good about what they are and what they do than there is irritating and bad. And so focus on that and be grateful for the good. 
And to this point, um, I would add that, again, unless your spouse's issues fall into the 2% of deal breakers, if bitterness and resentment grows in your heart, it's on your, uh, it's on you and your mm-hmm. fault. It is not your spouse's fault. Are they doing annoying things and are they doing sinful things? Yeah, probably. And so are you. Correct. But if bitterness and resentment grows, it's on you. If this marriage, if your marriage is destroyed and it ends in separation and divorce because of the 98% of things, that's on you, Mm -hmm. not on your spouse. Mm -hmm. You have to focus on the good in your spouse and not the bad. And you hopefully they're focusing on your good and not your bad. The fat really hits the fire when you have two people that are doing nothing but focusing on the bad in their spouse. And boy, is that a wonderful example to live before our children. How to accept the flaws in your spouse in this time where flaws are getting magnified. If you want more information about this episode or anything previously released, it's ParadoxPodcast.com. You can also find us on our socials there. We appreciate you guys for listening. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to TherapyWithBilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to JulieLylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to ParadoxPodcast.com. Paradox.